You are now listening to a Word for Deliverance podcast with Pastor Leonard D. Cochran of A Place of Refuge Noonan. A Place of Refuge Noonan is located in the city of Noonan, Georgia. To stay better connected with us for more exclusive information and updates, download our church app, A Place of Refuge Noonan, or visit our church website at apor-noonan.org. Now, let's join in for today's message. As I said, I think last week, I just want to teach, I just want to talk to you about the Word of God. Notice 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. And I want to call your attention this morning, 1 Corinthians 12. And I want to look at verse 18. And we're going to read down to verse 21. 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter written by the Apostle Paul to the church at Corinth. Paul is the author of this particular book. And so notice again, 1 Corinthians 12 and verse number 18. Listen what Paul tells the church. But now God has set the members. I'm reading out the New King James Version. But God has set the members each one of them in the body just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now indeed or truly, there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Listen carefully, church. Because, see, God has set, again, according to verse 18, the members, notice the wording carefully, each one of them. In the body just as, watch this, he pleased. Didn't do it based upon what we wanted. Didn't do it based upon where we want it to be. Look, notice carefully the scripture. But God has set the members, each one of them in the body just as he pleased. Or according to his divine will. Now notice this, and if they were all one member, where would the body be? Our natural or literal body is made up of many members. But if we were just a hand, we wouldn't be a body. Come on, y'all listen now. If they were all one member or all the same. See, one thing we have to learn in the church is to appreciate differences. Don't argue over differences. Don't break out in a competition over differences. But recognize that God created us different. Come on. And so if the whole body were a hand. Or if the whole body were an eye, where would the body be? 
it wouldn't be a body. It would just be one member. But God didn't want it like that. He wanted it to be many members that make up one body. But now indeed, watch what Paul says. There are many members. Yet how many bodies? Yet how many bodies? Look at me, I say one body. But many what? One what? But many. Considering that, in verse 21, the eye, which is a part of the body, cannot say to the hand, which is a part of the body, look what the members cannot say to one another. I have no need of you. The hand can't say to the feet, I have no need of you. So based upon that, look at a neighbor and tell your neighbor the subject this morning. We need each other. Look at somebody else and tell them the subject this morning. We need each other. Let's give God a praise. Come on. We need. Come on. We need each other. This is what he's given us on this Men and Women Day. We need each other. Again, when Paul talks about the body, he is using literal body parts to better explain the church which is the body of Christ. And so we're going to look at it, yes, literal, but we're only going to look at it literal to better understand the church or the body of Christ. And again, we are considering that we need each other. That's what we are considering this morning. God is going to reveal to us, give us understanding of why we need each other. Now, when you consider that from even the start of the message, We don't need a mindset or a mentality that says, I don't need nobody. We don't need that mindset. Because your mindset determines your attitude. If I have the wrong mindset or mentality, it is going to determine my attitude, or my behavior. If I have the attitude or the mindset that I don't need nobody, then the people whom God puts in my life, I am not going to appreciate or treat the way he wants me to treat them. Listen to me. Because I have a mindset which determines, again, my attitude, That I don't need nobody. You'll have the attitude 
that I can do everything myself. And if that becomes your attitude, nobody will be able to connect with you. Because when we think about a literal body, our literal body is not disconnected. Come on. God, when he formed the literal body, he joined it together. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm, I'm, I'm talking better than some of y'all listening. I said God created the body, the literal, as well as the church. But he created the literal body to be connected the same way he created the church to be joined together or connected. Notice how God, in his infinite wisdom, joined the hand to the wrist. Really helping us. I said, really helping us out. Don't tell me you ain't glad that every morning you get up, you ain't got to put yourself together. Come on. Think about if every morning we got up, you had to put yourself together before you left the house. You had to... And the way some of us misplace things. You late for work because you couldn't find your hands. I can't drive. Somebody got to come get me. I can't find my hands. And Lord, I got to be honest. Even if I can find my hand, I can't figure out where I put my eyes. God said, no. I'm going to design the body connected or joined together. Y'all better listen because it can change our homes. It'll change our lives and it'll change the church for the better. Now take, if you will, the hand. Because we're talking about a mentality that says, I don't need nobody. What if the hand said, I don't need the mouth. I don't need the mouth. Y'all need to listen real carefully. I, I don't need the mouth. It, imagine if the hand said, I don't need the mouth. By the hand having the mentality, remember, the body parts are members. They are us. Saying that it don't need the mouth. The hand is going to do something that's going to hurt itself. Because without the mouth, the hand can't get nourishment. Because the body is nourished by food and drink, which goes through the mouth. But if the hand says, I don't need the mouth, imagine you being out to eat and you using your body parts correctly. You using your hand with your spoon or whatever to put the food in your mouth. But at the next table, there's somebody using one hand to put their food in their other hand. You're going to know immediately at the next table, something ain't right. And if the hand has this mentality long enough, the body is going to starve to death which will affect the hand when you open and close your hand when you do things with the muscles that are within the hand 
you and I are able to do so in part because our muscles are strong. Remember what, remember what Jesus said? Man shall not live by bread, what? Alone, but by every word that proceeds out of his mouth. But he did say bread is something we live by. So without eating or consuming bread or nourishment to get strength, the hand is doing something to hurt his own self. Think about it. So if we have the mentality that we don't need each other, we're going to actually do something that's going to hurt us. If I have the mentality as a pastor that I don't need the deacons, I'm hurting myself. Come on. And I'm hurting the body. Because I have a mentality that says, I don't need something that God gave me because he knew it was essential. Are y'all following me? He knew it was essential. If the members feel as though they don't need each other, then the body becomes dysfunctional. And tell your neighbor, we don't want a dysfunctional body. Can I get anybody to agree with that? We don't want a dysfunctional, I don't want to be a part of a dysfunctional body. And what we're considering this morning is that the body is dysfunctional because the members don't see that they need each other. We need men in the church. Come on. We need men to be men in the church. Part of what makes the body, some churches, dysfunctional is that you got women acting like men and men acting like women in church. That's a dysfunctional church. And you have churches that if you go there, they are predominantly run by women. And the men do nothing. That's dysfunctional because it's a church that don't recognize, hey, we need men to be men. Come on, I'm in line with what Deacon Hill said. We need men. Men are needed. And when a church feels like they don't need men, the church of the body is going to become dysfunctional. Imagine today if we needed that stage moved because there was something happening at the youth church this afternoon. Man, and we need the stage move. What would it say about this church if four or five brothers are gathered together outside knowing the stage needs moved Talking about sports while three women are struggling to pick up a stage. You would ask yourself, why are the men not being men? If a single woman was in that parking lot with a flat tire 
and didn't know how to change it. And there were two women trying to help her change attire. Somebody should ask the question, where are the men? But one way the enemy creates confusion in the body is by trying to convince members that they don't need each other. And whenever he's successful, people don't fulfill their role or do what it is that God set them in the body to do because they feel they're not needed. Oh, this is so good. And in some churches, you even have members who are so determined that they don't need a certain member that they'll go so far as to try to run folks away from the church. Instead of recognizing if God set somebody in the church, he did it because he deemed we need them. Some of us must be struggling with how we need each other. But see, that was a popular song that came out that sold millions of records with the title, I Don't Need Nobody. Y'all might as well finish it. Come on now. Show me you're with me. You might as well finish it. The song was, I don't need nobody, but... King Jesus is the word. The word said we need each other. God said we need each other. How can you say you only need God? But this is the problem in the church. Folk who claim to be a part of the body, but then out of their mouth they say, I don't need a pastor. I don't need a pastor. But see, God said, you did. Do y'all know when it comes to our bodies, let me speak for myself. When it comes to my body, I don't know every part of my body. I don't. I don't know every muscle in the body by name. I don't know what every part of my body does. Oh, I'm going to make a great point if you hang in here. By my own recollection, I believe because the big toe is bigger, that it must be what really helps balance us. Because God made it so big. Don't look at me like that. I said by my own regulations. But that don't mean I don't need my pinky toe. <laughs> you ain't ever looked at your feet and wondered why God made that thing so little. What purpose Y'all ain't never heard nobody say stuff like, well, you know, we got that in our body, but we really don't need it. You better, you better hush. If God gave it to me, 
See, I told you I was going somewhere. If he put it in my body, I made it a member, though I may not know in totality its function, I'm going to tell you up front, I need it because God gave it to me. So how can we say we don't need each other? It's quiet in the house. I don't need a church. But see, God established the church. The word need means required because it's essential or very important. Notice what he says again in 1 Corinthians 12 and 21. Go back to verse 20. But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. We are many, but we are still just one. Ooh, break that thing down, Pastor. Something wrong if we're many members, but we have a church inside the church. Something wrong with that. We are yet supposed to be many, but one what? One pastor. Who made co-pastor? That man. Man looked at a plane and said that where well, the pilot got a co-pilot. It's some natural stuff you can't bring in church. First lady is not a co-pastor. Because God didn't give her the gift of pastor. He didn't make her pastor. She my wife. Do I need her? Better believe her. But she ain't co-pastor. See, you have members in the church that try to make it two bodies. They don't listen to pastor. They listen to somebody else more than they listen to to pastor. Every you have folk who talk to each other and they say, well, you know, I know pastor said today such and such and such, such, but I'm, I don't know how you, I don't really agree with pastor. And then that person amening you. See, y'all got your own. You got your own church. Inside of a church. And God said it should be one body. And some of us have been a part of a church and you had a church within the church. Some folk call it cliques. Tell your neighbor, it shouldn't be. Though we are many members, it should only be one body. Remember, according to verse 21, when he's breaking it down, he said that I cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. 
If the eye say that to the hand, the eye is in serious error. If you think you don't need your brother and your sister, you in serious error. Come on, saints. We need ministers. Lord, have mercy. If you only come to church because you only come when you feel like it, but you're Ursha, you don't recognize what you do is, is needed. Come on. If the Urshas do their job, they help maintain order throughout a service. So we need the Urshas. And if God sets you in the body to be an Ursha, don't get jealous hearted and want to be on the praise team. And if you can't make your way to the praise team, you leave. Come on. You don't recognize we need you to be who God set you in. See, we get it with the literal. We want, we want our literal parts to continue doing what God ordained for them to do. And we wouldn't want to wake up with them being confused because it's going to cause us to be confused. There are some folk that believe God could have put the ear in the center of the head. But he gave us two. Gave us two ears. With at times which could say to us, giving us two ears and one mouth. Could it be God saying to us that we need to listen more than we? But we don't want to become dysfunctional. Because we have members who feel like they don't need each other. And you can't pick and choose who you think you need. And who you think you don't need. This is favoritism. Woo. I'm almost done. Is it helping? It's favoritism. You, you, you feel like you need so and so. So you treat them right. You love them. But you really don't feel like you need brother so and so. And so you don't treat him like you need him. This causes schism in the body. I know I'm right about it. But now God does not have. See, we get behaving like God don't behave. Lord, have mercy. Help us, Jesus. I'm about to close. But see, when God set the members according to verse 18... Each one of us in the body as it pleased him. Then if God was happy to do it, I ought to be happy. I said I should be happy. But if I'm not happy about what God did, yet I'm claiming to be a member of the body. I'm going to end up causing confusion Trouble, discord in the body. 
And you have that in church. Because you have people who feel like, I don't need that. But God said we needed it. Come on, church. I'm not getting many amens. He said we needed it. I'll give you pastors according to my heart who will feed you with knowledge and what? That means we need the knowledge and understanding that comes from the pastor. And I don't ever need to treat you like I don't need you. Look at somebody, if it be true, and you really believe what I'm teaching thus far, and tell that person, you should never treat me like you don't need me. Say to somebody, I'll tell them, you should never treat me like you don't need me. Man, look at that same person, tell me, and I should never treat you like I don't need you. We need people who can sing, not folk who are trying to sing. We need people who can sing. Yes, we do. And God has put folks here who can sing, who can play instruments. He's put people here who have wisdom. He put people here who have the gift of hospitality. He put people here who have the gift of giving. Who love to give generously. We need you. You say, Pastor, I'm a giver. One thing I love to do is give. Guess what? Guess what I don't mind saying to you in public? We need you. And if we need you... And you get paid once a week. We need you to give God his money once a week. Because I don't know about y'all. I'm determined that this house will not become dysfunctional. You ever seen a church where everybody ministers? Some of you should have said, hey, man, you came out of a church at one, but 20 of y'all and 17 of you were ministers. And everybody wanted to preach on Sundays. I need to look, I need to go a different way. If everybody in the choir, who we going to sing to? If our choir was this big, we couldn't even get up. all of us up here and ain't nobody out there. Everybody ain't no minister. I, I hate to say this, but God knows the truth. I come out of a church. If you halfway said something that somebody thought was anointing, you a minister. No, I'm not. I pray and God give me wisdom. Everybody ain't a prophetess. Everybody ain't a prophet. Just because God showed you something, you may live another 50 years and he don't ever show you nothing again. 
But what happens in the church when everybody in the church trying to prophesy to each other? Everybody got a word for each other. Pastor done talk real good. You won't even let folk get in their car because you got a word on top of a word. So you didn't need pastor to preach today. Before I drop the clothes, is there anybody in here want to be a part of a dysfunctional body? If anybody in here, you like when folk treat you like they don't need you? Mm -mm. I believe God gave me Donna. No, hold on. So I need Donna. God gave her to me. I need her. This is what's interesting about us people. God gave her to me. I need her. Drop it on the pastor. But sometimes I get upset with the person I need. You can't get upset with somebody you need and just leave them. Because God said they are required, they are essential to you being who you need to be. And so most folk who got a productive marriage over years have learned, yeah, I'm mad at you. But I ain't crazy enough to walk out on you because God said I need you. And sometimes we got to get somewhere, sit down, cool off, and remind ourselves, hey, I need him. Sometimes, women, you have to be upset with your husband, but you don't want him feeling like. You keep telling the man you don't need him. One day you're going to come home and he ain't going to be there. Because he finally believe what you said. That's why I don't pass it like that. I'm sitting up here letting all y'all know I need y'all. What it look like I'm up here and ain't got no members? Folk run around calling me, hey, Pascal, hey, Pascal, and I got no members. This is so good. Because you're going to get upset sometimes with people you need. And just because you mad at them, disappointed in them, don't mean you don't need them. That's reading in a body as members and a family, we have to come together, reconcile, recognize, I need you, Deacon Hill. You got mad at me last week. He didn't, I don't think. Because of something I said. You came to me, I wouldn't take back what I said. Because what I said to you was true and real to help you. Now you're going to have to get over being mad about what I said. Because I said what I said because I love you. You mad at me, but you need me. I know you mad at me, but I need you. That means sometimes you have to learn to speak to folk who you upset with. We learned years ago in the house, 
especially when we were struggling and things were tight. And we used to get mad and we'd go days without speaking. And finally, when we reconcile, we're trying to fill each other in on important things. But by then, guess what? We owe the bank twenty nine ninety five on three or four checks. Well, we wouldn't communicate. We was upset. We weren't talking. She doing her thing. I'm doing my thing. But see, that cost us. It costs us in the church. This is what a pastor is saying to the member. It costs the church if we being dysfunctional because we don't need each other. That means there are things that's not going to get done until we recognize who we are, if we hand, if we eye, if we ear. And then we start treating each other like we need each other. Now we're going to produce. Take that here in the clothes. And take that instead of being dysfunctional because we feel like we don't need each other. When we know we need each other, we become functional. I'm going to deal with this functional and be done. Tell your name, we become functional. What did that mean? Number one, we are able to work properly or correctly. And as a church, we want to continue getting things done that God ordained for this body to get done. And if we're going to do it, we need every part, every member working properly or correctly. That means people who God has ordained to work with the youth, we need them working with the youth. Even if Minister Shamar decide that he ain't going to feed them at a certain event. You can't get mad because we didn't give pizza and hot dog and not want to work on that event. Come on, because sometimes folks will get mad because a leader won't do what they want them to do and then they stop functioning. Praise team can't get upset with Sister Tamika because she doesn't want to sing a certain song right now. And so the song she does say they need to sing, they have sing it. See, we, you ain't working properly. But if we functional, y'all, do y'all hear what God's saying to the church? He actually saying to us today that if we can remain functional and even take it to another level, we're about to do greater things, church. Now, listen. Why y'all didn't get happy? We've already done great things. Y'all better give God a praise for you upset me now. Come on. <laughs> We've already done. Yeah, Sister Ford, y'all about to upset me. We've already done. When I said we've done great things. What? what? Y'all, come on, y'all. Yeah, Pat, yeah, he right. But there are greater things to do. And sometimes when your church or your family gets ready to go to the next level or do greater things, the enemy wants you to feel like you don't need each other. Listen, to do those great things. He wants us to do greater things, but he said, hey, pause. If you're going to do these greater things, everybody in the church has to know that they need each other. Watch this. Watch. That means if somebody leaves the church wrong, Gets they self together and comes back to the church. 
the nerve of you to treat them like you wish they wouldn't have came back. You ought to be the first one to welcome and say, hey, we need you. We glad to see you. And the more you know we need each other, you ought to be the first one in line to give them a hug, a high five. I know I'm preaching, right? You shouldn't be like, oh, now she back. She going to want to get back on the prayer tent. Oh, now he come back. He going to want to do. If God sent them back, he sent them back because they need it. Well, Pastor, I had a problem with the way they left. Well, you better get over your problem because they need it. If he bring a junk through them doors, he may sit down beside you, smell it, but you better recognize God can do something with this junk. Because you used to be one, and we need you. We need what God turned you into. Number two, when we functional, tell somebody, when we functional, we can fulfill purpose. Tell we can be productive. Let's close in Titus. Let's read Titus and be done. Titus 2. How many know that's real? I said, how many know that's real? Any parents ever had a child do wrong? But got themselves together? Was you a happy parent? Or did you want your own child to just continue being out there doing wrong and you were happy? You remember the father? Is it scripture? Yeah, it's scripture. You remember the father? When the son went off? Wasted all his goods, spent all his money. But watch this. When the boy came to himself and went back home, break it down, Pastor. The daddy was happy to see it. The daddy knew, boy, we need you. But oh, tell your neighbor, everything in that house wasn't right. Because his own brother. Wasn't glad to see you. His own brother went to his daddy and tried to turn him against the boy. Say, here, this your son. He done wasted this, this, and this. He come back and you throwing a party for him. See, then the focus gets off of everybody looking at the boy who left Rome. Not realizing the one that stayed had a bigger problem. He didn't even love his own brother. Because if he did, he would have been glad to see his brother come home. Why, Pastor? Because you remember when his brother came home, he came home humble. He didn't come home saying, make me this. He, He said, look, I'll just be a servant. Whatever I can do. And since it's men and women day, I'm closing in Titus. Then the book of Titus tells us. Notice Titus 2. But as for you, speak the things which are proper for sound doctrine. The older men be sober, reverent, temperate, sound in faith, in love, in patience. The older women likewise, they be reverent in behavior, not slandered, not given too much wine, teachers of good things, that they may admonish the younger women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good, obedient to their own husband, that the word of God may not be what? 
blaspheme. Likewise, exhort the young men to be sober-minded. Tell your neighbor, in this church, we need older women. Listen, older women. We don't just need you here older in age, but we need you older in attitude, in behavior, in speech, in thought, in deeds. Because you can be here and be, please don't nobody leave, get upset. You can be in the church faithful and a 65-year-old fool who can't tell a younger woman nothing. So we need the older women. But recognize also we need the younger women. Because if every woman in the church was mature and knew what to do, why would they be needed? If there wasn't older women, younger women that they needed to teach. So see, whether you're the older woman or the younger woman, you need each other. Come on. Therefore, we need the women ministry. But what good is a women ministry if the women don't show up? What good is it for Sister Donna, Mother Cochran, and other leaders to have all this wisdom, but the young women won't come and receive it? They won't come and learn. Then he says, if the older men would be sober-minded, not intoxicated, their mind not cloudy to the point to where they make unwise choices and decisions, because when you're sober-minded, your mind is not cloudy. But some men are not sober-minded, and they're not drunk on alcohol. They drunk on pride. And won't allow the older men to teach them how to be sober-minded. So I say to the brothers, older men, we need you to be what the scripture has said. Back to what Deacon Hill said. We need older men who abide by the law. So that you can turn around and teach the younger men how they should behave. And right now they're not sober-minded, but hey, you're sober-minded, older man. And in men ministry, you can teach the younger men how they need to be that. But you younger men, you got to be willing to listen to the older men. It's amazing in the church how older people will feel like they ain't needed. We're going to move aside and let the young people have it. Ain't nothing we got for the younger people. But the world is different. That's where Mary J. Blige is how old? Yeah, probably almost 60. 50 something? 53? Well, she old. Let me put it like that. She old. Jay-Z old. Beyonce old. They're not 16, 17. This is what I'm trying to show you. Yet they are still reaching young people. Why we get in the church and be old and feel like we can't reach no younger people? The world don't have that mentality. 
That's reason some of our children are hooked on music we grew up with. And you and you looking at it like, man, fix it, still out there trying to do something. <laughs> he ain't moved on. Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg ain't 18. <laughs> I hope I didn't lose y'all with that. Look at your name and say, we need each other. I'm done. Let's give him a praise. We pray that you are blessed by today's message. Be sure to listen and share other messages available through our podcast outreach. We thank you for all of your past, present, and future support for our ministry. And remember, Jesus is a refuge.